0: Hi, it's Lainey. Hi, it's Sasha. Happy New Year. Welcome, 2018. First Sasha Answers episode of 2018. Yes. Um, And I I want to apologize in advance to everybody listening because um, I might be doing some heavy breathing exercises. Oh. During… Because you're not having a baby. But you're I'm having... not. But it feels in a small, 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 small way because the… apparently, you know this, right? When you have period cramps, it's because… Your blood clots are passing through the baby hole. Yes. Um, and you've told me about this. You tol- you've told me about like the bigger the chunks, the bigger the pain, right? <laughs> yes. 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 Bigger I mean, this chunks. is very, very um, unscientific, but yeah, the basic, basic way, the basic, basic um, explanation for period cramps is your blood chunks are passing through your baby hole and so you're experiencing like you know, the spreading pain and contractions that would happen when, like, a baby comes to that area. Obviously, baby is much bigger than my period blood. I get it, everybody. But my cramps are so bad and my pain management was off today. We were talking, you talked about your period cramps the other day on your… Blog right about how you pass out when you get your period. Yes, right. Like you're you're a delicate delicate flower. <laughs> it's a combination of when I'm hot and when I'm on my period, I have been known to faint. What happens when because it's fucking cold as a motherfucker in Toronto when it's cold minus thirty seven and you have your period. What are you like? I don't think I'm gonna faint. Okay, but I am in, in pain. <laughs> like my in, in such pain that my legs like I think that I've if I stood up my legs buckle right now. I, I saw that. Um, okay, so. In your what else today, you link to the goop coffee, um, enema. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then also next to the goop coffee enema are Jessica Alba's own tampons. And I was like, Oh, I, and I was intrigued. I might get Jessica Alba on will organic tampons. Of course you will. Yeah. Anyway, so that was really exciting that through an enema link, I found that I there bet were you tampons. they'll leak. They probably will. Yeah. Typically organic. Um, hippy dippy tampons are like the worst ever. The applicator never pushes up. And so you're just stuck with a full tampon that's like hanging out of you. Yeah, that doesn't push up. So the applicator doesn't push up because it's like fucking made of like hemp cardboard or something. Anyway, I I love, I all love all natural, but they need to up their game on the tampon game. Like I said, I, I do, I'm not messing around with leakages. So I, I'm, I know, I bet you it's not even absorbent because like whatever the hemp doesn't hold the <laughs> liquid yes, and it's porous or some fucking shit. You're and like, you check into Mr. Lube when you have your period. I know. <laughs> I know it's all about XXL fucking gas change. Get yes. It. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that will explain <laughs> the heavy breathing, possible heavy breathing. Although, ah, oh, I just felt it. Clicked in? Yeah, like that is how, I mean, I'm not taking serious pain medication. It's just like, it's just Advil liquid gel, but you can feel the moment that Relief your, sets in. your pain sensors are muted because it just kicked in. Oh, good. Like I, yeah. Perfect timing. Okay. Well, let me make you, um, let me like peel back on the anger then go back in reverse. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I, what do you think of the new song, which is called what? Like honky tonky flannel. What's it called? <laughs> Filthy, filthy. Well, yes. The one, the first one he released. Apparently, we're getting like four songs mm-hmm. before the album comes out. Right. Oh, can't wait. Um, <laughs> but you were a fan. I know you hate him with all of mm-hmm. your soul and all of the cells in your body. But you did like old JT, right? Well, I've I think that I've been clear in that. Like, I've never said that he sucks in everything. I do think that he did make good music. You but know, hasn't in a long time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I would say that up to the what the 2020 experience, I liked his music. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think "Sexy Back" is a great song. Like, duh. Yeah, I think of everybody course. does, yeah, right? Yeah. And I've always said that I think that he has skills as an entertainer. Like, I do think that he can host something. You know, I think he's hosted the ESPYS. I think. I think mean, the only way he should be at the Oscars is if he hosts the Oscars. Oh, you would… I cannot believe you're saying that. Yeah, he would… because I thought he would annoy the fuck out of you. No, but in that setting, it's suppo- you're supposed to have somebody up there flailing their arms and legs around and, and like standing on top of his head right. and like, you know, with <laughs> a top hat yes. and a, like one of those sticks, bouncing it around, tapping totally. it on people's heads. Yeah. Like that's what he does. Yes. Um. Don't invite him to the fucking Oscars as like an actor ever, but, you know, so there are certain things I can appreciate about him, Mm -hmm. but then I, you know, I don't know that I have enjoyed… Listen, the when I started going off his music was Mirrors. I hate that song. Oh, I fucking love Mirrors. Oh, I think it's terrible. Oh, I love Mirrors. I I don't… I don't love Mirrors. Uh, the entirety. Yeah, I like it at the very end where it's that remix part. So it's like you think the song's ending and then it goes into the remix part. Do you know that part? Yes, I fucking love that. I hate. I think the mirrors is such a cheesy song, and then of of course that horrible troll song. Oh, that was the shittiest. The you worst. Can't stop the feeling or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Hold I on. don't. I don't think I. I don't think I hate filthy like. I don't think it's as bad as It's not great. I bet stop you stop the feeling. I think I, I think he's gonna deliver some good jams though on this album. I, I have a feeling that I'm gonna like some songs. Well, I was I hilariously I haven't had a chance to see you yet or talk to you until today. But when he released the preview, like the one minute preview of what the album is mm-hmm. gonna look like, Man mm-hmm. of the Woods, mm-hmm. and and he started wrapping himself in all Pendleton shit. Yes. And like I was like, Oh Sasha's gonna love this. <laughs> it was a, too cheesy. It was it was I was like, like, Oh too here we go. But this there was is, all you were all about that. But there was something about him and like, I don't know black and white hay that I was like, oh, okay, I can get into that. such a fucking cornball. I know. (laughs) But I know that I have a feeling too that you are going to like something of… I have a feeling you're going to be singing along to some of his tracks. You know Maybe not flannel, but something else. I'm not going to… I'm not going to rule that out, but I will say that Filthy accompanied by this horribly offensive… I found it a really offensive video… Yes, I know you did. Yeah, um, which I agree. …where at some point… Like it's possible for the white man to, to talk in science <laughs> and tech explain to all the Asians. Yeah. As they're just like in awe, like clapping of a dancing right. robot. Like as if that's Five minutes that's... ago, I bet you, in Japan, like a robot officiated a wedding. Totally. Like that's already yeah. how advanced in Asia robotic it's innovation so is. Of and he's fucking like oh, look what I did with my robot. I bet you people over in Asia who are actually doing advanced robotics are watching this video today. are like, bitch, today. please. Exactly. <laughs> bitch, uh, 1995. Totally. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, oh, that's so true. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, Get with the program, JT. No, and… <laughs> Yeah, but you just have to know, like, I bet you all the people involved in kissing his ass and putting his shit together were like, oh my God, you know what we're going to do and it's going to be so great is we're going to pretend set your video in Kuala Lumpur. So, you know, diversity. hundred percent. And none of those people have any agency, but they're going to sit there and we're going to show faces, Asian faces. So when we show Asian faces, even though they don't talk and they're just sitting there in praise of whiteness, it's, it's inclusive. I feel like you probably could have helped JT with that video. I think video. That anybody, if you just give it some thought, I think that's the problem is that, you know, like not to – here, you'll appreciate this. I think that that's what happens when people get into Twitter trouble. It's just take – just walk uh, yeah. away from it for an hour. Well, we've always said that. Like, take a beat. Take a beat take before you reply or <laughs> make a video. Well, really he would never because, video. like, he has the best ideas ever, so – Fuck him, and yes, but we'll see week by week. Why don't we do a check in? Because yes. apparently there's going to be a song every That's week. Great. So next week we will be back here and we'll be able to talk about the next song that drops. I love this. And I'm I'm going to predict that you're going to like it and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's get to our first question. And this one's really funny. I added this in. I don't really have an opinion off the bat, so you'll have to take this lead. Hi, Sasha and Lainey and Yassick too. What do you think, in your opinion, is the best way to get a celebrity's attention? I was thinking social media, but not all use it. Would love your advice. Love all you do. R. <laughs> I just think that's such a funny question. And I don't, it's, it, we've talked about it before in the past. Like how, like if you see a celebrity in a restaurant, you go and ask for a picture, all these sort of stuff. I know you have opinions. So fire away. I, I don't. I need… More. More information. (laughs) There's no more information. Because my first assumption when somebody says, I need to get a celebrity's attention is like, why? So you can take a picture with them and put it on Facebook and have as many likes as you want. Like, I, I, what is the purpose here? Because I will say that there are people who want a celebrity's attention for, you know, they're like, hey, I'm I'm promoting this cause, this Mm -hmm. charity. Mm -hmm. Hey, I would like to reach out because… Uh, this celebrity is filming in this city, and um I would like to get this Send them environmental them. initiative sure. in front of them. I recently, a longtime reader of our website um was involved. I did I don't wanna sort of actually we posted it on the website. Yeah, we posted it in shouts. So a longtime reader of our site um wanted to to hook up like a make a wish situation. Mm. So there was a kid. Uh, who's sick and the make-a-wish or the goal was to meet Hugh Jackman um, and uh, Hugh Jackman happened, I think, to be shooting in Atlanta. Anyway, okay. we posted it on Shoutouts. But how long goes this? Maybe three four months. Oh, not okay. too long ago. Okay. And they reached out to me and this is somebody who's been emailing over the years um, uh, and uh, a consistent reader of the blog mm-hmm. and they wanted to know how to get in touch with Hugh Jackman's team. Like… Publicists, agents, lawyers. So I have access to that kind of information, like just a general, you know, like I can't give you his lawyer's personal text message. You can give his agents. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I can help like narrow down which agency, which agent, which which stream, which agency stream. So and and that worked. So I just I. Well, well, there's two we avenues more, here. Yeah. There's two avenues. But I'm not going to give that information out if, <laughs> no. like, s- someone is like, oh, I really love Jennifer Lawrence and I want her to be my wife. Can you? No, of course no, not. no. Turn your- around. But generally and go speaking, back. I think if generally speaking, our writer are, if she is looking to get a celebrity's attention for, yes, as you said, a charity that she's working, or maybe there's like some swag she wants to get to the, to the artist or whatever, you have to then, you can never just fucking like, DM a celebrity and be like, can I have your address? Like, that's just not going to fucking happen. So you do have to go through the right channels, which are, and it's easy to find this shit. You just have to fucking Google it, like who they're rep by, who their manager is, who their agent is. And then you have to go through that process. Good luck. Fucking, that's not, it's really hard. I mean, that's my job trying to get in touch with celebrities for a fucking entertainment show. And that's even hard. So, um, not to call you like a little, like like just a pleb, but you are a pleb in the <laughs> scheme of things, and it's going to take a lot of knocking down on some doors if you do want to get into uh, uh, the periphery of a celebrity. Well, if you're an entrepreneur, and that's an option too, right? And you're an entrepreneur, and as you just said, you want to get, you want to send a celebrity some product mm-hmm. so that maybe they'll use your product, then. There are business tools, like it's not just about Google. There's actually a database. Mm-hmm. Um, and the database is subscription based. I'll tell you right now, for those of you who want to subscribe to it, it's called Who, who represents. represents. And there I, think, I are... thought that was like inside knowledge. That's why I wasn't going to say anything. Really? Yeah. I guess I... it's not. Okay. It's not inside knowledge. I guess you guess it? just do. I mean, it's okay. out there. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Who Represents. Um, or even if you have like IMDb Pro. Mm-hmm. So IMDb regular is like what everybody can Google. And then right. there's IMDb pro, which has an added pay feature. And I think sometimes that information is on IMDb pro. I never use it, but because, um, like I have who represents, but who represents is a subscription feature. It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Like it can run hundreds of dollars per month for right. your membership. So, but if you are an entrepreneur out there or if you're like, you have that kind of money to throw around just to like look up, you know, the address of CAA. Um, you can always sign up to Who Represents, and that's a database, and it will give you more complete and up to date information on how to contact a celebrity through their representatives. Mm-hmm. And when I say through their representatives, I also mean their places of business. Okay. So you are a business contacting another business. Once again, It's an expensive um, membership. Um, But it's worth it if you It's worth it as a business tool for, like, a regular person. I don't think you want to be doing that. But, I mean, there are some crazy-ass fans out there too, so… So, let's go on the flip side of this. If she's a (laughs) crazy-ass fan and, like, just wants to get the attention of, like, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio… Well, that's actually easy. Are you 20? Are you are below you <laughs> the <edge> 20? <laughs> then you can. <laughs> if you're hot and 20, um just be in like a calendar or a, a catalog, catalog. Yeah. Or, like Victoria's <laughs> Secret or whatever. But uh, there's other but I mean it's interesting though, right? Because the accessibility of stars like through social media, through Twitter, like someone who I think is fucking awesome, who we all love is Chrissy Teigen and she always answers um her tweets, yeah. personally, typically. So if it's like someone like that, if it's like a down to earth celebrity, then yeah, you can tweet them and fucking cross your fingers and hope for the best. But for the most part, like, I don't know, it's super thirsty if you're trying to get the attention of a celebrity just for the the sake of getting an attention from a celebrity. I don't know. I yeah. I, I'm I'm. We might be the wrong people to ask. Like I, I think that there is, but it is an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting bigger conversation because. That is what celebrity is, right? Like, that is the fascination and the lure of it is these are people who, for whatever reason, have tapped into this very human desire, this very human, lo- like, alchemy that happens among all of us when we do admire people from afar. We want to be their friends. We want to be in their orbit. Of course. Um, And that, when taken to extremes, can have very dangerous, very fucked up consequences, mm-hmm. but part of being a celebrity is having that quality of, you know, building up this, this audience that cares about you, that wants to get to know you more, that, mm-hmm. like, fantasizes about having a drink with you, that, you know, puts you on the list of dream dinner party, que- like of that, course. you know, yeah, that yeah, question. Yeah. yeah. So I understand the compulsion. I mean, listen… I think we, you and I, are fans of certain people too. And but if, I would never. Oh, God, I but would But I would never. No. Never. Never. As much as… And I think I've like probably like written… I don't rep- even like doing it as part of my job. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. Um, but there have been times where I'm like, I see something, and it's typically from Chrissy Teigen, that I'll be like, something that's so funny that I want to write back. Yeah. And then I'll be like, reply, and then I'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Like, I have to take… I backpedal from that. I'm like, I'm not going to tweet at her, my I crazy. I can't do that. As much as I understand why people do, I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I mean, I think that there are organic ways for it to happen, I guess. Like, and this is, you know, everybody has that um, daydream screenplay that they have in their heads where, here's, here's one I would imagine. Um, let's say that somebody really, really wants to be friends with… Okay, throw it out and I'll I'll write the screenplay. Um, the only person for some fucked up reason is Nicole Kidman. Okay. Okay. Can you deal with that? Okay. <laughs> wow. That's <a laughs> I can change one. it. A harder one, uh, but okay, because she's pretty like standoffish. Standoffish. Ryan, let but me get... how about this? No, no. But that. Okay. Let's work with okay. this. Okay. Let's work with this. So Nicole Kidman. Let's say that you are a big fan of Nicole Kidman. But this is like the most natural way for it to happen. Here's the thing that put in your head and you can daydream about this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like in a way that like I won't judge you or you wouldn't judge you either. So Nicole, like, so Nikhil Kimmon typically spends a lot of time in Nashville
1: Mm -hmm. with her um, husband, Keith Keith
0: Herbert. When she's not shooting, they're in Nashville. So let's say in your screenplay daydream situation, Oh my God, you, happen by accident to get a job transfer to Nashville. So now you two live in the same city. Okay. So it establishes that there is at least like an opportunity since you live in the same city. And then you – wow, you just happen to have kids too. And her kids are like sort of based in Nashville. Sure. And there's like a school event. Yeah. And over the course of this. several school events – you see each other, and then you happen during the school event to—I don't know—be standing next to Nicole Kidman or sitting next to Nicole Kidman, or the way the last names are arranged on the class list. Your kids' names are just before her kids' names. That—that so that is a scenario in which, over time, it would Something have to could unfold develop. over yes. like two or three years. A friendship could develop. Yes, which you—you you could argue could be organic. There's oh, your daydream. Oh, my gosh. You are so good at that. <laughs> that was Nicole Kidman, too. Have a, a daydream. We... Yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> Did we answer this person's question? Um, I feel like kind of the best we could have. Yeah. Okay. Next. How
1: up?
0: Question, dear Sasha and Lainey, I'm mad at my husband for something he may or may not have control over and I'd love for you to weigh in. This is the situation. A few months ago, we had a baby. Now I'm back at work and he's mostly home with the baby. When I get home from work, the baby is alive, which is great, but the house is a mess and nothing else has happened. There are dirty dishes all over the place. The bathtub is full from the baby's bath. No food has been cooked, etc. When I have the baby, I feel like I'm always doing something else. I'll fold the laundry while he's playing or empty the dishwasher while he's eating Cheerios. Why can't my husband do this? I find I find it enraging that he's seemingly incapable of multitasking. So how do I get over this? Am I even allowed to be mad at this? Um, thanks so much. Don't have a person's um, name, but we can call her... What do you want? Um, uh, Whatever. Let's call her Jane. Love Jane. Um, okay, so she works, Um Dad's her taking, husband yeah. is at home looking after the baby, and so she comes home and the baby's fine, but… The house the, isn't. The dishes are all over the place. Okay, Has she, and what happens when she says, like, hey, can you clean up the dishes? I don't think she's… I think she, the point here is she's trying not to be um unsupportive and she's okay. very grateful that he is staying home and yeah. that she's working, but… She, I think she wishes that he would fucking, you know, tip-top get a little bit more um done around the house. <laughs> okay. Um I mean that's hard cuz it's personality. Like is this outside of his personality or is this kind of does this go with what he's like? Like what what like what is the part about him like did I imagine this or eat, sitting on the couch and eating bonbons? No, he just is taking care of the kid and that's all he's managing oh, okay. to do. But nothing else around the house is done. So, okay. like, she comes home and she probably stills like, "What the fuck, motherfucker! I have to now make dinner because you haven't made dinner." Okay. Um. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in first, like, in both of their positions. I a, having a child. Like, <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it would be enraging to come home a hundred percent and to like messy house. That said, I don't think that I could do anything other than keep a child alive. Right. Right. Like, right. But no, I think like you're also, there's some, again, we don't have children, so we don't really know firsthand, mm-hmm. but I have many friends that do and you're capable of doing more than one thing all day. Like the kid fucking sleeps, so you can probably like do one more chore on top of that. You can I don't boil know. some goddamn rice. I, I'm not sure because we – remember a few weeks ago you and I, we went out to dinner with our friends. Yes. And um, one of our friends – I don't know if she wants us – like, I mean, whatever. I, we'll, we'll not say names. One of our friends – my favorite thing that she says all the time is – because she's one kid. Um, She was like – and I, I love this thing that she says. She's like, I would have another kid because like, you know, she's at the point where the kid is like… 4 or 5 mm-hmm. and she's like I would have another kid but fuck if they could just arrive when they're 11 months that would be great totally, cuz yeah. that first few months is as and then our other friend stepped in and was like yeah totally because mm-hmm. they said you can't do anything right like um it's like a serious ball and chain yeah and i have friends who have said like taking a shower in is feels like an accomplishment mm-hmm. in the first few months so when i say like when I said a few minutes ago that I all I could do is keep the child alive, like I don't think I could clean or… What, I meant it because I'm hearing it from experience with other people. Like mm-hmm. that first year is bullshit. A hundred percent. It sounds and really and the baby insane. is young, right? And well, that's why I was just gonna look. I don't she had know. a baby a few months ago, and she went back to work. Yes, that's what she says. Hold on, let me look at this. A few months ago, you're right. A few months ago. Yeah. So the kid Newborn. is like, like it's it's not even. It's like ooh, it's one of in that stage where like that. Oh my god, that floppy head stage is oh, terrifying. I bet you it's, it's in the, the floppy soft head spot stage too.
1: Freaks me oh, out too. That's like yes. when like
0: the head can't hold yeah, yeah, up yeah, and yeah, like yeah. it's it's honestly like a whisper's throw from dying. <laughs> That's what, babies are terrifying to oh me, God, but especially when they're so small, like I can't go near them. People come to work and they're like pushing those yes. the newborns around and it's like so small and everybody gravitates. To, I run away because that is the most terrifying thing. It's the fragility of it yes. is really – it terrifying. really reminds us of our mortality, that fragility. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm just establishing what – I have collected, the information I've collected over the years about what it's like the first few months. Yes. It sounds heinous and insane and a whole bunch of goddamn work and stress. But having said that, I mean, again, I don't really know because I don't have a fucking kid. But I feel like I could get one more chore done. I think I could get one more thing done. But I do, I do understand what you're saying. Like, I do think she has to give her husband some credit here because, like… It would be terrifying being uh, alone with a tiny little thing, and all you should be caring about is to not break it. And yeah. that's probably what he's super focused on. I think give him a little bit more room. But if we're at like nine months and there's still like a whole pile of dishes done, and like he can't, he can't even like what's it called when you have your bathtub's full? What's that little thing that you just have to pull? <laughs> um, what's it I called? don't know what what is it called? What's it called? What's the thing called? The plug. You... The plug? What's it called? Yes, yeah, it… Come the on. Drain plug? The drain plug? If he can't even… Like, uh, by eight months, he should be able to pull the drain plug out of the bathtub. Come on. That's not hard. Yeah. He should be able to do that. So, like, ideally, the steps… Is will... that what he's not doing? Yeah. She said, like, she'll come home and the baby water still… The, the water from the bathtub is still full. So, I feel like we're dealing with, like, so sort of someone who feels very overwhelmed but will ideally get over it soon and give him, you know, pardon the pun, baby steps so that he can learn his way through this as well. Because this must be frightening for him that he's by himself. I think it's frightening for anybody. Like, you know, I think it's frightening for anybody who, like, has to be at home alone with a child for hours and hours and hours. Like, it's frightening for women. It's frightening for men. It's frightening, period. I… I know, I'm putting it back on me again. But, like, (laughs) just the uh, imagining it is terrifying. Oh, a 100%. But what I was trying to say in the beginning, which is, like, I don't… It would have been more interesting to get intel on what her husband is like personality-wise before the kid. Because, you know, maybe he was a bit of a flailer in the… He's always kind of been a flailer and hasn't been, like, a good multitasker. So you can't really expect someone… To all of a sudden become a multitasker in the most stressful time of their lives taking care of kid. Like when I think about Yasik, when I was reading this, I was thinking about Yasik. Yasik keeps like clean house. He's like really, you know, like it's spick and span and fucking here and he is a clean person and he's also like super handy and he's fucking doing a thousand things while also, you know, running this business with you. So I feel like if, you know, if you guys were to have a kid, he'd be taking care of the kid, but some shit would be fucking done. With Corey, I feel like nothing would be done. So, you know, <laughs> there would Corey. be a kid. And yes, the, the, at the end of the day, if the kid was alive, that would be a big win for everybody. Yeah. Nothing else would be done. So I feel like it's like a personality thing too. It's a personality thing. And it's also, you have, I, I honestly think the, the deeper conversation here is social conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like, um, last year, a book came out, um, by an author, his name is Stephen March, and the book is called *The Unmade Bed*, which I've actually quoted and referenced a few times um, on the site. And to to sort of recap the story, um, Stephen March and his wife, who's now the editor of uh, Toronto Life Magazine, mm-hmm. um, and they were living in New York, so like great life in New York, and he was on tenure track to be a professor. So he had his own career, right. academic, and then she got this amazing job offer um, and they're from Toronto. So he he was like, okay, and the money obviously was good. And so he openly says in his book and in the subsequent interviews that they made a family decision to leave New York. He would leave his tenure track position as an academic mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. would be the stay-at-home dad to their… I can't remember if they have one kid or two, Okay. okay? So he's written so now she's the head of this magazine and in Toronto it's a pretty well-known magazine yeah. people talk about Toronto life and he's at home with the kids and he does the pickups and he you know does all he's of that the show. so yeah. it's a reversal of traditional gender roles in the home and so he's written this book called The Unmade Bed partly it's 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 a book that is targeted to men so number 1 my suggestion to this reader would be… pick this up. This might be a yeah. good book to pick up for your husband. So it is a book that's targeted towards men to get men thinking about this dynamic, this new change, this modern, um, the the way that we've moved forward in reexamining uh, the traditional homes or the traditional roles in the home. Yeah. So number one. Number two, he has this really interesting thing that he says and it's a quote and here's the quote. He writes… Housework is the macho bullshit of women. And I'm not saying that, like, it isn't frustrating to come home after a long day of work and have, like, have to stare at a counter full of, like, bullshit and dishes and whatnot. But at the same time, it also matters more in terms of conditioning to women. Okay. I see where you're going. Yeah, And it it matters more on, on a personal level because it's judgment. It's, I will be judged. The women, and we do, we judge women harder for not keeping, keeping a, a beautiful home yeah. and from, for not observing um standard etiquette and that kind of domestic emotional labor, we judge it on women. So it's, did you keep a nice home? Did you send fucking thank you cards? Yeah, of course. Do your kids have to like show up at mm-hmm. school with like the teacher's gift and the this person's gift yeah, yeah, and the yeah. that person's gift? And if they don't, then the mom gets judged for it. And that's a little bit on how we collectively as women have been conditioned. Yes. And Stephen March is actually, you know, a little shit disturbing. I get it with that kind of statement. But mm-hmm. he's throwing it out there like, is it time for all of us to let go of that shit? Yes, of course. Oh my gosh, of course. There's way too much pressure that is surrounded by that. And yeah, I agree with you. But there is, a, I think there's like a happy medium, right? You don't want to walk into a house that is fucking a disaster, Yeah. right? There has to be some sort of push and pull where you guys find like a happy medium where it's like, okay, like shit's fucking cray in the house, Yeah. but like we have something to nourish ourselves with yeah. at the end of the day, Yeah. right? Like if you can't fucking cook the meal… Of course, you shouldn't have to, but fucking call Pizza Hut and get a pizza. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be prim, proper, and perfect, but there needs to be – there needs to be something. There is generations upon generations that, like, there are answers from how we've lived through the generations, that is contributing to this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because already it's a movement. It is still new for like men to stay home with their kids. stuff I mean, it's, still it's surprising. Not, I it's find still, it still surprising. Yeah, it's yep. still new. So that all those, all those um, preconceived notions and all of that skill making still has to happen, right? Like in many ways, it's difficult for everybody to stay home at home with a child. Mm-hmm. But if you're a woman, you have examples. And you have people you can call and yeah, you have literature yes. and you have like stories, fictional TV shows that depict what it might be like for a woman. Yes. Men don't have that that's like true. treasure trove of resources. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. But on top of that, when it comes to the domestic work, like cleaning up after yourself and cooking and the, uh, you know, um, the general tidiness of the home… In the past, over generations and generations, that was also the domain of women. So historically, you could say that like women have had an example of what that's like. Mm -hmm. So now we have to start actually training a whole new generation of young men, like moms, dads out there, your three-year-old boy should start learning like what it's like to do the laundry and the dishes and all of that. And I think that that's not gonna happen in one generation. It's gonna need like three generations for it to be so rote and so in that mindset that yeah, like a man who's alone with a kid all day might think to himself, I'm just gonna tidy up the counter um so that when my wife comes home, it'll be it'll be nice. I would argue the fact though that anybody who would be taking a paternity leave is a little bit more woke than the person who had their mom doing everything for them, right? Like he must have had to take that on. You must have some sense of responsibility that you've done the laundry, that you know that shit shouldn't be in shambles, right? I I would say that like there's a limit to yes, it's a great step. Like this person is clearly like hope like a feminist, yeah, and he's staying at home. But I wouldn't say that that undoes generations and of generations of of yeah. built-in tradition, yeah fair enough like i would say that Yasek is pretty evolved um but he comes from very traditional parents yeah, as so well how did that happen, like it's then? just one generation removed <laughs> yeah. well She's so yes so yeah. you know they, as as amazing as he is there are still limits to his let's not give it to him right, like a, right right <laughs> yeah but it's pretty good it's very good so yeah i think that listen i validate i want to validate this um writers like, frustrations. Anybody would be fu- frustrated. But I, th- I think that this is where we are now where these frustrating conversations are happening while we continue to move forward and um, evolve gender dynamics and gender roles. Like, unfortunately, there's going to be a period of frustration. I'm and I think I think what you the advice that we should give her which is what you've already given her is to give him this book cuz that book is like a nice offering of support for her husband so that maybe he can read it when you know the baby's napping and then he can get a better understanding of this new role that he's taken on yep. right so and then and she should read it too actually yeah and then if that doesn't like I, I think give him some time the fact i think the big red flag here is that it's only been a few months like throw him a goddamn bone like it must be super overwhelming and unfortunately, you'll have to pick up the slack with him mm-hmm. when you come home. And I think just see how this the next few months play out. Um, like he must be, so, you know, you guys are all, you're both underslept, all those sort of things. So just give it some time and then revisit where you need to set those kind of boundaries uh, later yeah. on. I will say you brought the book up and I, you know, that's why I brought it up mm-hmm. as a suggestion. Um And I've said this before and I want to say this again to go back to really the theme that we were hitting here is that when I met Stephen March, it was because he came on to The Social, which is a show I work on, and it's four women talking about these kinds of issues Mm -hmm. and the audience, the audience isn't actually… People think that the audience of a female-led talk show must be all women are… Stats have come back saying that many men watch our show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Stephen afterwards said, thanks for the opportunity to share my book with your audience. He said, the thing is, is that while I've been on this publicity tour, the people I want to get the book into the hands of, men, mm-hmm. male-led shows, male-led programming, they've turned down wow. my requests. Really? Men should be like this book is targeted to men yeah. about this evolution in the home, right?
1: right. The unmade bed.
0: Yep. Men. men who are putting information in front of other men are resistant, or at least in Stephen's experience, were resistant yep. to sharing that with other men. So to go back to to what we were talking yep. about, Sasha, when you know we were like, "Hey, we've only come so far, mm-hmm. and there are limits. These are the limits." Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that's unfortunate that that has happened. I would feel like that would be something that would be accepted. Exactly. These are the limits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a man who is at home and trying to keep the kid alive, those are his limits. Yeah. As progressive as it is, Yeah. He's not getting the resources. Like, you know, probably the outlets that he looks to and the people he surrounds himself are not getting those resources. Yeah. how are? How is anybody going to? Well, again, it falls on the women. Sometimes it is frustrating, yeah. right? Like I'm the one, fuck, selling this book. Everybody yeah. out there, <laughs> you know, and I get nothing from talking about Stephen's book. Like right. I don't even know him, really. I've met him once. <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you, this is the kind of book, and this is the kind of reading that promotes certain kind of conversations that we should all be yeah. passing out to everybody. Okay. Well, let's we'll link to the book as well. Yeah. Um, but thank you everyone for writing in happy new year happy new year and we'll be back next week keep your, uh, keep your questions coming to me at sasha at and check us out on iTunes and Google Play leave comments we'll be back next week bye bye